0: Hi, on this edition of Real Time Truth, we're going to talk about doing what's hard. Do you like doing hard things? Most of us like to try to find the easy way out. There's nothing easy about raising families, kids who love Christ. What does that look like? How do we do it? Are there ways that we can lead our kids to do hard things for Christ? There are ways, and we'll talk about that on this edition. Join us.
1: Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth, where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things that you deal with every day in your home, work, church, and then the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And today we're just kind of hitting another piece of the puzzle. You know, I think about—I was actually—I was listening—I wasn't listening to it, actually. I read the transcript of a, of a Focus on the Family broadcast the other day, and there was, they were talking about having this mentality of living lives that are sent— you know, and when we say sent, if, if you're not familiar with that, that kind of phrasing, just like living like you're on mission where you are. And so, but as we do that, I, it made me think of what we do here at Mount Pleasant, because here we have a big emphasis on our kids yeah. being incorporated and not secluded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We want to involve young people. You know, it's easy to entertain kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids like to be entertained, and when they're having a good time, we feel like, okay, that's occupying them and all that. We've done our job. We've done our job. But um, uh, kids, um, if you involve them in something... Um, and, and they can kind of sink their teeth into it. Then all of a sudden, uh, let's say to take a church. It becomes not just their parents' church. It becomes their church. Yeah. Cause you give them a job. Mm-hmm. Give them something to do. Um, the church so often, Falls, in, falls prey to trying to uh, keep up with the world and, and to entertain kids. We can't compete with the world. We don't want to compete with the world. Uh, and, and and quite honestly, uh, we're not going to be able to. Uh, we don't have the resources we, in, in, in so many ways. So um, we've chosen here to just take the Bible. I'm looking at my Bible mm-hmm. and see what the Bible has to say about raising kids. And we've talked about this on several podcasts in the past, but um, we've come to believe that the Scriptures is clear, uh, Old Testament or New Testament, that um, it's not about segregating, segregating kids and putting them off somewhere separately. When Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't have Peter, James, and John take the kids to the bottom of the hill. And uh, they took care of the kids while uh, Jesus taught the rest, the adults. Um, they're all there together. Um, you read in the teaching epistles, for instance, Ephesians six one: Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Where were the kids when that was being read <laughs> exactly. by the elder, one of the elders at the church at Ephesus? Well, they were there. They were hearing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not casting stones at churches that have children's church and youth groups and children's this and that and the other. I'm just saying it's just not in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, if you choose to go that route, fine. Because people would argue, well, screens aren't in Scripture either, right? Sure. Nor are coffee bars, mm-hmm. and I get all that. So you, you've got to pick and choose as to what you think is, is going to be effective in, in, in making your church work. Mm-hmm. I found after close to 15 years of working with our young people here at the church in a layperson's uh, format, um, this whole idea of, of just running what I call a carnival cruise line uh, type format where um, if we have a fun event going on, we had a bunch of kids show up, but when it came time to rake uh, Sister Margie's leaves, um, we had eight kids show up. So what were we fostering and nurturing and developing? Um, We Well, entertainment. Entertainment. If it's fun, then they'll come. Um, And so we went the route of what we call here Rite of Passage, where, um, Jesus, the age of 12, uh, they couldn't find him. They'd gone down for the Passover. He said, look, they found him in the temple. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to be about my father's business. And so there's that transition season in Jesus life. And we follow and model that, um, that at the age of 12, uh, we do what's called rite of passage here. You can Google this, uh, Google my name, Google rite of passage, and you'll, I've written a book about it. There's a Uh, in the book. There's a lot of detail about how to do a program like that for your church Mm -hmm. or contact me. I'll be glad to talk to you about it.
1: Well, and if you look down in the description of the the show, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll find a link to Kevin's book there There as well.
0: So, Long story short, 15 years now into this at Mount Pleasant, um, actually about 14 years in. I started this a year into into my, t- my time here. Um, we've kind of flipped the paradigm. We've kind of flipped the script because um, you'll look at the studies about between 70 and 90 percent of young adults who've been raised in church, raised in what we would call a Christian home by the time they hit their 20th birthday. The stats say they walk away from their faith. Um, I would argue that many of those young people never were never saved to begin with. They prayed a prayer. They were 9, 10, 11 years old, walked an aisle, got baptized, but maybe really, they didn't want to go to hell, so they wanted a little hell insurance. They prayed a prayer so they wouldn't go to, who wants to go to hell? I mean, you've got to be really diabolical to want to go to hell. There are some, but for most young people, they want to pray that prayer. They pray a prayer, mm-hmm. so they get baptized, good to go, off with life. And then, but I'm telling you, you'll watch over time and you'll see, Jesus said, you'll know them by the fruit they bear. You're you're looking for fruit. You know, is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control? You're looking for the fruit of the Spirit. If it's not there, you got an issue. Mm -hmm. And so we found that as we incorporated our young adults into the body life of the church, that they participate in the body life of the church. they stuck. They stuck. And so we went the other way with it. We're finding that young people who go through rite of passage have got a—it's uh, not foolproof, but but you know about eighty, ninety percent success rate. And we've been doing this now for about fourteen years. So, um, what what we have found, and what we want to talk about on this on this podcast, is really what it says here: doing what's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy um, raising kids, but it's also not easy even being an adult. And being a Christian.
1: Yeah, pursuing God on your own and, and, and fostering your own spirituality. Yes. So mom
0: and dad or somebody listening out there that has kids still in your home, um, they're not going to do it if we're not modeling it. And that's it. So they, our kids are looking at us and, and they're like, okay, I don't ever see mom and dad pray or very seldom. I don't see them reading their Bible. They're just like me. They're, they're they're sitting around with a phone in their hand all the time, or the or they're you know watching TV, or they're whatever, and so. Can we really expect our young people, our our kids, to
1: do something that we're not doing ourselves? Well, then they're not going to value what we don't value. They're not. And what you just kind of hit—all this rite of passage talk—that is, uh, if you if you're not someone who attends here at Mount Pleasant, that's a that's a, a great insight into a little bit more of the DNA of our church here at Mount Pleasant Baptist. But the the thrust I hear from all of that is don't expect the church to raise your kids. No. Don't expect your kids to get their godliness from the church because they're only going to be there a couple hours a week. And we've kind of hit on these talks all throughout these other podcasts that we've done— um, but I love something that you had said in your book, where you said uh, it doesn't matter how how good the extension cord is, if the outlet's dead, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And so the thing is, is while you may have a great resource in an awesome church, whether it's here or somewhere else, but if you're not if you're not doing the work already at home, then you're essentially plugging a good extension cord into a dead outlet. Yeah. And so we're wanting to kind of dive into this topic and ask what can we as parents do? I mean, like the church is a great resource, but that's secondary. Yeah. What can I as a parent do yeah. to help foster this this desire to do what's hard yeah. when it comes to living my life for Jesus yeah. and doing that for my kids, yeah. teaching them to do that?
0: You know, I, even in my own life, um, you know, parenting, uh, you know, Having kids, Pam and I will have been married thirty years this December, and you know, um, I, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for my upbringing and 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 wonderful parents, grandparents, people that love me. Um, but but it's 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 hard sometimes to know exactly. Okay, how should life look? Inside a Christian home, what does that look like to try to actually, um, you know, pass along to our kids our faith and 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 how does that look and and um, you know I I remember uh, after our our first two came along and then we adopted uh, uh, Claire and Andrew I have four kids and I'm a grandparent now but um, just myself not really I just thought well if we go to church. Um, you know, we say a prayer over our meals. Um, you know, we're good people. Um, you know, that that's kind of getting it done, but it's not. And one of the things that I've discovered as time has gone along is that, um, you know, we want our kids to be able to to, to lead uh, yeah. as, as believers. And so um, I, I think of life like this. And, and if you're listening, if you're watching this— ask yourself this. If you have children and they live to be, let's say, 80 or 90 years old, what do you want them to have accomplished in that eight or nine decades of living on this earth? Do you want them to be rich? Do you want them to have been a a bank vice president and you know, have a a million dollar house. Buildings named after them. Yeah, a building that's named after them, or whatever. <laughs> Do you? I mean, is what is life about? You know, this goes back to why are we here? Now, now, for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, I want, I, you know, as a as a Christian parent, I'm like, well, you know, I want my 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 child to be saved. I, I don't want them to go to hell, right? I want them to go to heaven, so so you know I want them to to pray a prayer at some point, right? Be baptized, uh, you know, take some pictures of that and and celebrate that. Um, but then what, you know? And it's so easy then to just go back into the to that kind of the rut of the world. Well, I want my kid to be well rounded, okay? So I want them to make good grades. Mm-hmm. I want them to be smart.
1: Have some sort of extracurricular Yes,
0: uh, be involved in some sport or learn a musical instrument or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure I try to you know, you know get them involved in some good camps during the summer and things such as that so so for what, what purpose? Well, so that they can graduate high school, go to college, perhaps, um, and do what? Well, make decent grades, get a good education for what?
1: To get a good job. To get a good job. A good paycheck. To get a, lots of stuff, and then retirement.
0: Exactly. So that they can, well, live the American dream. And so we're back to this again. This, this whole idea that there's not a lot of spiritual about what we've spent the last minute and a half talking about. It's... It's the pursuit of stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and so to hit on what you were saying, though we 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 invest in a tutor or something if we want them to be smart, we, you know. And if mm-hmm. there's something where they're, an area where they're struggling, if we we give them opportunities to do things that are extracurricular, you know, yeah. we get them, we, we let them test out sports, we let them mm-hmm. test out an instrument. But then whenever someone asks the question, so then what are you doing to invest in their spirituality? Mm-hmm. And the answer is usually we. Well, we go to church. Yeah. We go to church. Yeah. And we pray over our meals. Yeah. And And that's about it. That's about it. And Or
0: it's deer in the headlights. And that's not to cast, again, stones at anyone. It's just to say that there comes a point that, and there there was in my life and, and Pam's life as parents, we looked at one another and said, okay, what are we actually training our kids to be and to do? Is it is it I mean, what if my kid is really, really smart and they they really do make good grades and they're really like athletically gifted and and they're they're they're, you know, in the newspaper for doing this or that um, or I, I've got some really cool things I can put on Facebook about them. But is that what this is all about? And, and to to remind myself that in heaven, there there isn't a room for our diplomas.
1: All our trophies. Or our trophies.
0: And so at the end of 80 to 90 years or 100, if they're blessed, what do I want for my kids? I really want to know that they have pursued the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.
1: Really. That, that they've known Him and, and experienced Him all their lives. Yes, yes.
0: yes. So the question becomes... Let's say that you've got a a a kid in your home and they're fifteen years old. Mm -hmm. Um, They prayed a prayer when they were a kid. I mean, a younger kid, eight nine years old. Let's say it was in Bible school or they walked in aisle one Sunday morning. Okay, so they've been a Christian now five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Do they know how to hear the voice of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do you? Do you who who are listening today? Can you recognize the voice of God? You know, one of the things that we that we do in our house is that I'll, I'll pull the family together. We'll have a devotion. It's not every night. Uh-uh. I hope that doesn't shock anyone because we're not always at home every night. Um, but if you don't have enough time to spend three or four nights a week in, in, in some sort of time talking and sharing, then you're just too busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. But but so I pull the family together and I go like, okay, let's let's pray. All right, how are we going to pray? Maybe on our knees. Really? Yeah. Hey, how about on our faces? I mean, yeah. I mean, actually on our faces. How about how about then that we sing? We, we sing sing what? Sing Amazing Grace. If they don't sing something that you sing at your church, and then all of a sudden, without you, even understanding all that's happening perhaps, you sense the presence of God. He just comes into the room. The, the Holy Spirit just begins to... I mean he he's just there. And then you say to your kids, Hey, listen. That is the voice of Christ. Do you do you do you understand what you're sensing and what you're feeling and experiencing right now? See, because for most families, they don't ever experience that. Hmm. They gotta go to church or some concert or 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 some camp. Some a kid goes to camp. They go somewhere, and this goes back to the dead outlet they get all fired up at a summer camp and then they come home back to that dead home and they they, they're like why can't i experience what i just experienced at camp singing with all of my friends and 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 because it's not being modeled in the home Mm -hmm. and so mom and dad this is this goes back to to doing the hard work Will we do what's hard Will we get off of our devices? Will we Will we think about okay? What do I want? What do I want my kid to be? What do I want, What do I want them to be about? Can Can my kid lead in their school? Can if they go to a dance studio, can my kid not be a follower mm. but be a leader? You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: and that's what I was going to ask you about was. Maybe just give a for instance or something that kind of helps us understand a little bit more about what it means to lead.
0: We role play a lot in our home, Mm -hmm. and so we'll talk about um, uh, Claire dances. So, so we'll ask Claire. um, We'll say, talk about the dynamics in your in your dance class. Who's the leader? Okay, who's just being blunt, Matthew? We'll ask her. Who are the nice girls? And who are the mean girls? Mm-hmm. And where do you fit in?
1: Whoa! Which side of the room do you stand on? Which
0: side of the room do you stand on? Okay. Now, 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 what what's being said? What's being talked? We debrief. We talk. Yep. What's being talked about? What's being discussed? Well, uh, this this is this is happening. That's happening. Okay. Where do you fall on this? You know, you pick it. It could be a social issue. It could be. It could be all kinds of things. It could be the way that
1: people in the class are being treated. Exactly. Somebody's being bullied.
0: Are, are you going to support this person who maybe doesn't look as pretty as you do? Maybe they don't. Maybe they got holes in their leotard. And are you going to look down your nose at them, or are you going to defend them? Do you have a sense of justice? Do you have a sense of kindness? Now, this is what Christ would
1: expect us to do. Well, and what's more, though, that's that flies in the face. Like, they're putting themselves in the firing, yes. in, in the, li- l- the line of fire yes. in that situation as yes. well. Yes, and that's
0: doing the hard thing. Yeah and that that's where the kid's going to be peculiar.
1: Yeah, but in the same way that they're, they're leading. They're that's leading. leading because it's not it's not following along with yes. what everybody else is yes. doing. It's stepping out from that. And so here's
0: the thing. If you're listening today, you're you're a parent. You're listening to this. Don't expect your kid to do something like that if your kid can't put down their phone. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want you to listen to that. If 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 your kid has to have a phone in their hand all the time because you've got your phone in your hand all the time, don't expect them to do anything hard. Can can you tell? Like like my son Andrew, he likes to play Fortnite. Now Andrew would play Fortnite all the time if we let him, right? Oh, and it's a good babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, just give a kid a phone, a tablet, give, a, give them a game, and that way you can kind of do your own thing. No. So we say to Andrew, Andrew, you can play with your buddies until 6 o'clock, that's supper time. Hmm. And Andrew, if you're not off by 6 o'clock, then tomorrow, no fortnight. See, I can, Matthew, I can go into his room at 6 o'clock and go, son, get off. Or I can go into his room at 20 minutes till 6 and say, Andrew, at 6 o'clock, I expect you in the kitchen for ready for supper.
1: And whether he and here's the thing, whether he follows through or not, he's learning and training himself in either situation because he's either taking responsibility and growing or he's getting the other side of responsibility and and learning consequences. Yeah. And so there's the discipline of that. And so, hey, and, and by and large,
0: Andrew's like back in there. I mean, he's in the kitchen. I mean, Mm -hmm. at six o'clock, he's standing there because he's learned, he's got that little clock in the bottom of the screen. He can see what the time is. And he's 15 years old, for Pete's sake. So he ought to be able to tell. But some people go, Oh, well, he's 15. What do you expect? See, that's the problem. We have no, we have no expectations for hard things in our kids' life. Can I ask you something who's listening or who's watching? What's made you, you? Hasn't it been the hard things in life?
1: Yeah, those times that have refined you. Yes. And
0: so, so often in our lives, we want to make it so easy for our kids that there's nothing ever hard. That's why I take my kids on mission trips. Mm. I put them in tough situations.
1: Yeah. Well, and before we go on to that, I just wanted to, to kind of talk just real quick, just kind of close down at this point to say that when it comes to what we're doing at home, it's modeling. Yeah. And and you said something earlier that made me pause and, and it made me think. Passing on our faith, you can't pass on something you don't have. Mm-hmm. And so you have to cultivate it in yourself. You have to model it in yourself. And so I think before we wrap up this show today and then we pick up next time with this topic on on how the mission field has really impacted yeah. your family a lot in this sense and in the lives of people in our in our church family is in my house, we have a saying, uh, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. And so it's because talk is cheap mm-hmm. and examples are more meaningful than words. Yeah. And so it shows me that you've got it. Yeah. And when Andrew shows up in the kitchen at six, mm-hmm. it's shown you that he's got it yeah. as opposed to you having to go back and tell him once again. Yeah. And so when it comes to our faith, do they see us in the chair before they're up in the morning studying our Bible? Do they see us doing that at any point in the day, whether it's in the evening or whether it's at, at lunchtime? Do they have that time where we are reading it to them? Do they catch us praying whenever we're not necessarily pulling the whole family together to do it with them? Is our faith important enough so that then they see, okay, it's valued to them, maybe to be valued to me? We're going to talk more about this next time and talk about now when we're doing these things, what is the church's role? How can the church partner with you as you endeavor to to build this character into your child of doing what's hard? This has been another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matt McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. Tune in next time.